the mess, I watch the swirl of smoke from candles burning. While Mary looked up yearning, I got confirmed and I confessed. I really felt that I was blessed. Plus, I love my uniform. So did the boy who lived next door. But something changed when I became of age. Things I thought were true. Someday I'd break the big taboo. WOZO 103.9 LPFM, live in Knoxville, Tennessee. This is the Digital Free Thought Radio Hour, and I'm Larry Rhodes, or Doubter 5, and I'm with the Wombat today. Say hello, Wombat. Hey, Wombat! Coming in real good there, Wombat. Uh, He's on the phone, so we have to adjust the volume for him a little bit, but we're good to go. And this is a live atheist call-in radio show. We'll be talking about atheism, free thought, rational thought, humanism, and the sciences. Conversely, we'll also be talking about religion, religious faith, God's holy books, and superstition. And despite what Steve Martin would have you think, there are an awful lot of atheist songs out there, and you'll be hearing some of them right here on this program, and generally on the station as they are in rotation. See, I'll also be talking about atheist and rationalist groups that are here in Knoxville and how you can connect with them. Also, did you know that there was an atheist call-in uh, television show broadcasting here in Knoxville? Did you know that? I had no idea. Yeah. No, what? What are you talking about? What is this? Is this been, a new invention? Yeah, it's been six and a half years since they started, going on seven. Uh, that's right. Now, and we'll uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on too, about how you can connect with that show, watch it, and or call in or be a guest. And tonight's uh, topic is arrogant atheists. You know, you always hear uh, when you're talking to a believer, you know, and they say you don't believe in God. The first thing they do is, this, that's awfully arrogant of you. How can you say that, you know, that, that there is no God? Well, first of all, atheists don't say there is no God, or at least most of them don't. They don't make claims. They just say simply, I don't believe that there are gods. I don't believe in God. Um but, you know, there are some atheists out there called hard atheists or uh, Gnostic atheists who will make the claim. I'm not one of those, and I don't think my guest is either. Uh, you're not, are you, Wombat? No, I don't say that either, but you know what? We're still atheists, even if we don't say there's no God. So right. it seems like whether you say, if you say there is a God, that doesn't make you an atheist anymore. But if you say there's no God... It still makes you an atheist, but not right. all atheists say there's no God. Right. There are hard atheists and soft atheists. Uh-huh. We're soft atheists and that we don't know for a fact that there are any gods, but we're talking about knowledge. There knowledge there. Yeah. And that's a Gnostic. Like I don't know. That's a Gnostic or an agnostic position. However, when you're talking yeah. about belief, then you're talking about yeah. theism or atheism. Personally, I'm an agnostic simple. atheist. I don't know that there are no gods, but I don't believe in it. Anyway, and I'm on that same boat too. I would also say, like, hey, just by virtue of the fact that I don't know if a God exists or not, mm-hmm. I don't believe in it. Right. And if you say, if you're in that group, say, I don't know if there are any gods or not, then you probably, in all probability, don't have a God belief. Because if you had a God belief, you'd say, well, yeah, I think there's a God. And that would put you into the theist, Gnostic theist range, generally. 
That so, five. That's so arrogant of you to say that. How <laughs> dare back, you throw out labels like yeah, that? Yeah, getting back to the subject. Um, what do you think about it? Have you ever been called an arrogant atheist? Wombat? Uh, so I haven't been out of the closet as an atheist as compared to you, but I have had the... I have been called arrogant by other atheists, if that counts. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, that so is, like, uh, it is independent of atheism, so, that's for sure. You could be you know, arrogant. This is actually, yeah, it's actually a really interesting point, because like what you said at the beginning of the show, I'm a soft atheist, which means I, my position is, I don't know if a God exists, and I don't know if a God doesn't exist. And because of that, uh, my my only or my only uh, record source, the only path that I have in front of me is not to believe in until I have good evidence to believe. So I will meet an atheist who is 100%. I know for a fact God doesn't exist. I'm 100% sure, mm-hmm. and that intrigues me because that seems just as shaky as the ground as a person who says they believe in God 100%. Yeah. So when I ask. And I think it's a it's a thing that all people should do. Like whenever someone ha- ex- ex- um, ex- expounds on a hundred percent confidence in anything, there should be like some question from like, well, like, what do you use to support that? Because I'd be interested to know and see if I can increase my confidence with your reasoning. Right. And when I brought my uh, questions to the person who uh, believed in a hundred percent, it shook them a little bit, and they didn't like it, and they call- and I got called arrogant as a result. So. You get it from both sides, really. Mm, And that's the whole common idea is no one likes to be told how to think or have a critique on how they think. And they assume that's a mark on arrogance on the questioner's part. When really it could just be, hey, do you know this well enough where you can respond and back up your own beliefs without Mm -hmm. calling people names? Yeah, that's right. Um, If you're making a claim like that, if you make any kind of claim, um, then it's upon you to to provide evidence or at least good reasoning why you have that claim and why you make the cl- uh, positive knowledge claim about anything. Uh, let's say that, sure. but there's also uh, the side of it where greater claims, in other words, like miracles, things like that, require greater evidence. Who was it said uh, incredible claims require incredible evidence or? Um, sure, you I'm, could say extraordinary claims require extraordinary, extraordinary evidence. That's right. that's, that, that, both count, both mm-hmm. count though. It's right. fine. Right. You don't have to. Yeah. If you say that, if you tell me that you got a puppy yesterday, you know I don't have any okay. problem with that. I know puppies exist. I know people have them as pets. If you say you got one yesterday, if I believe that, it doesn't sure. cost me anything. I don't have any commitment to it. I don't have to worry about. Uh, losing or tithing or you know any kind of financial or emotional commitment to it. However, if you say it doesn't change your worldview at all, right? Really, but if you say you got a pet dragon yesterday, well then we got a problem. At least oh, that's so arrogant of you to say that. You 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 mean that you have a problem or that you got a dragon? No, it's just how dare you not believe me that I have a pet dragon? You are so arrogant Mm -hmm. to not believe me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's how extraordinary claim. That's how it feels as an atheist when 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 theists tell us that we should believe what they're saying. All these miracle claims like. Walking on water, coming back to dead, ascending bodily into heaven, you know, all this stuff that they don't have anything but words in an old book, you know, it's been edited and revised and, and who knows what else as far as, uh, hearsay along the way. Sure. Um, I would also say, like, getting it from, getting it from other atheists that believe 100% that a God doesn't exist is just as weird or it, it, it's almost as hurtful because 
you would hope to have something in common with someone who shares that same label with you, and mm-hmm. that you guys both don't believe in a God, so maybe we have more in common than a theist who believes all these claims without like sufficient evidence to support them. Yeah, but but yet, w- they hold themselves to the same unrational standard, mm-hmm. and when you try to point that out, they're so adhered to this conviction that they're right, that they're not willing to listen to like good evidence. Mm-hmm. And instead of like resorting to the, the understanding that they may be flawed in their ideas, they would rather attack the questioner by calling them names or assuming arrogance on the part of someone who's asking a question on something they should be able to explain for themselves. Well, like, a, why do you believe this? Can you explain it to yeah. yourself at least? Or but there's a, there's a huge names? difference between claiming a belief or claiming uh, a, a truth in reality. Uh, I mean, if somebody mm. comes up to me and say, I don't believe in God 100%. Well, I have okay. to believe that. Yeah. I have yeah, to well, believe true. that he's true. telling me the truth because he's the only person who can evaluate his own beliefs. I can't. That's a valid you know, point. That is true. Unless his actions belie it. You know. <laughs> but if somebody tell, comes okay. up and tells me that there is a there is a dragon in that closet, well, then they're making mm. a claim about reality, and it's a testable claim, and we can go find out. Okay. So that's absolutely true. If someone's making a claim saying like a snake can talk to a person right. and has in the past, that would require some explanation because as far as science is concerned, that doesn't seem feasible. You need to have some evidence aside from just a very old book to support that. A book that said that some guy wrote, that some guy wrote, that some guy translated and so on and so on. Uh-huh that led ultimately to, like, with the text you have in front of you. Right. So, yeah, I can see that. And even hmm. individual words uh, can be um, interpreted different ways, much less entire sure. stories and chapters and books. What I see, though, is when you, when you have a question that you present to a believer, like a theist, they, for the most part, they have the idea of, well, it might, it's not true for the group, but it's true for me, you no, know? Right. Like, I, I understand that the Bible says this, but, you know, I've interpreted it, and I believe, in my worldview, this makes sense. And if it's not true for you, it's definitely true for me. So it's a personal truth, if, if such a thing were even to exist, well, that, you're, just talking that you're beliefs. almost attacking with your question. Yeah, we're just yeah but talking it's a beliefs, personal so. belief, right? Yeah, but, but it's not there like is the an independent, the there is an independent yeah. truth. And physics mm. and science and biology and all, all of those sciences are created and maintained to find out about that truth. Uh, it's not but, something but that's open to um, sure, interpretation. Yeah. I'm a, you can be tested. I'm a fan of objective reality, but I want to understand why do they take it personally to the point where they will start to like throw out like insults. And mm-hmm. I think because of the reason why they take it personally is because it's not an objective truth that they're referring to or one that they share with the rest of the religious, you know, fellowship. It's a personal truth that they've taken on to themselves where they're saying, hey, this fact that I've read in this book, I've interpreted so it means meaning in my life specifically, and it's a personal truth to me. And if you question that, I'm taking it as a personal offense because mm-hmm. this is a personally true thing to me. Like, it's something yeah. that's so rooted to my identity that I refuse to have it get challenged by anyone even if they're genuinely trying to ask questions about yeah. my belief system. Yeah, it's like when we were growing up, or at least I did, When, if I talked back to an uncle or just said I didn't believe him or my father, sure. you know, the first thing out of their mouth is, are you disputing my word? And that's what yeah. I, that's the attitude that I'm getting, that I get from Christians when I say I don't believe that God is real. 
because they built their life around it. This is their truth. This is what they believe from ground up. And I say, I don't believe in it. Are you disputing my word or the word of the Bible? Well, I'm, I'm not believing it. That's all I'm saying. You've got to have better, better, uh, evidence for it than a book and your word because you're claiming some awfully important stuff. You're claiming that I have a soul that's going to suffer forever if I don't follow what you're doing. But every other religion in the world is telling me the same thing. I can't follow all religions. So it's, it's, sure. it's a very arrogant position, I think, for them to hold that. Well, it's a heavy topic, and I think we should probably have a chance to invite other people who are listening well, in sure. on the call. All right. Let me get out the, the phone number here, give it out. It's 865 333 that's 865-333-5937 and the phone line is open you're welcome to call in and and talk to us about this arrogant atheist uh discussion 865-333-5937 can't forget it now yeah so why do why did we bring up this topic i think the root one of the reasons why is um and i'd like to get your personal story but I got, I thought up of this topic when I saw an, uh, a documentary with Richard Dawkins and he's going to a lot of different kinds of super churches, uh-huh. uh, or mega churches. And, um, he would have a discourse with the head pastor that was there. And the conversations were never fruitful, but it ultimately led to, in multiple instances, the pastor using derogatory language towards Richard Dawkins, who was for the most part just asking objective questions. Mm-hmm. regarding the rationality of the pastor's belief system. Right. So, like, the pastor, he would say, hey, you know, scientists say that the world is a lot longer than 6,000 years. And then the pastor would say, well, I know scientists that say it isn't, and it is 6,000 years. And Richard would say, well, you know, it's not really a matter of opinion. It's up to, like, uh, can you demonstrate what your claim is? And for the most part, we have overwhelming evidence and industries and fruitful, you know, products of these facts that we're able to determine about our history. And the pastor says, you think you know facts. The problem is, is you're so arrogant, you can't open up your mind to the fact that there's a world beyond the world that we live in that's controlled by a more morally powerful God. And I'm, I'm listening to the pastor speak, and the whole time I'm thinking, he's calling Richard Dawkins arrogant, but really the most arrogant person in this conversation is the person who assumes he has a direct and personal relationship with an almighty being that controls all reality that he can beckon to whenever he feels like it. Yep, yep. Um, you'll hear them, uh, Christians say all the time that God is by my side, God is my confidant, here's every word of my prayer. And you're talking about the creator of the universe, the, the controller of everything in, in this cosmos. Uh, how could anything be more arrogant than say, claiming a close personal communication and friendship with the creator of the universe? But then you say, uh, sorry, I don't believe that. Then we're the arrogant <laughs> one? Uh, doesn't right. make sense. Does not add up. But could you imagine how you would feel? For, uh, imagine how you would feel, let's say, for example, uh, I pretended to have a really awesome girlfriend who lived in Canada. Uh-huh. Who you never met. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's amazing. Yeah. You don't know her. You don't know her. She lives in Canada. Yes, she lives in Canada. We, we talk, we text. She's great. She comes by when you never, you never you see her. And then I, I keep saying these great things and how we're going to do these amazing stuff. And then you come to me and it's like, tell him, I, I, I happen to know for a fact that there's no girlfriends in Canada or something like that. Or just or don't believe it. Like, I, yeah, like I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure 
from everything you've been telling me, like she's on the front page of every magazine. She's been a mom for 14 years. She has 14 PhDs. Uh-huh. Like this doesn't make sense. And for me, it's not just it's not just the fact that I have a personal belief. It's more of like I have a public persona that I presented mm-hmm. that could be challenged and possibly threaten my reputation from here on out, which would affect maybe possibly even my livelihood, depending on how much I, you know, throw this relationship together or the facade of the relationship together. Yeah. I could see from the the pastor's perspective that, oh my gosh, I'm being challenged in a way that I may not have ever been challenged before by people who've already agreed with me and come to my congregation. And I don't know how to deal with it. Also, I don't like the stakes that I'm suddenly under now that I have a camera in front of me. I need to change the course of the conversation in any way possible. Let me throw out some things. Let me interrupt. Let me throw some names out. And hopefully we can talk more about, like, the insult that I threw rather than the fact that I can't really defend my truth as I see it. They were obfuscating it. Obfuscating. That's a great word. And throwing out red herrings. Yeah, exactly. And you have to be really careful with that when you talk to people uh, about faith. Don't, like, take the easy way around a conversation. Try to stick to the facts a little bit. And if they throw out, like, terms like, you know, you're, you're being arrogant or, well, how about, like, this analogy or it's, 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 or they throw out weird little red herrings left and right, try to stick with the key fact that you know to be true and right. see if they can address that. Try to bring yeah. it up. Yeah, what's that fallacy where they 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 invalidate what you're saying due to personal uh, hygiene or something? What is that? Um, personal hygiene? Well, anything that's personal. In other words, you didn't go to college, so you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, there's a fallacy. Oh. What was that fallacy? I don't know it's that a, fallacy, a but personal I think I can... attack fallacy. Okay, it, it, it could be a personal attack. I.e., for example, like if I you told me super super for I'd be like, well, you know, that's really nice, but based on the clothes that you wear, you're probably wearing a Hawaiian shirt right now and sandals. Uh-huh. I don't think you know, Max. It's right? the ad, hom- like, ad hominem. Ad, ad hominem. H-O-M-I-N-E-M. It's a personal attack so, fa- fallacy. In other words... So you had started the conversation. Yeah. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't yeah. possibly know about evolution because, look at you, you're ugly. <laughs> you know, it's, it doesn't follow. It, it's, it has nothing to do with it, but it's a personal attack. Sure. And they will try to... It's really what you can call it is just squirming because they will make... A lot of people will tap dance. And what the cool thing is, if, if, even if you shouldn't be too frustrated by it, because what it is is a recognition when you see the tap dance, right. that they don't want to answer the question because they know what the answer already is. Uh-huh. So in their head, they, they figured out the answer and realized that it leads to a defeating point mm-hmm. in the conversation right. for them. Mm-hmm. So they would rather re-engage in a different context or a different topic or some new avenue of discourse. Right. Just Which is to also avoid a red the herring fallacy. Right. So it's also telling that, one, they don't want to have an honest conversation with you, and two, it a sign on their part that they recognize the fault in their logic. And sometimes the best thing to do is what I like to call a pregnant pause, where you don't engage in the question, but mm-hmm. you kind of just slow the conversation down on that point. And if they don't want to engage on that specific point, you can pause and then you can just move on. Either it's, you can like, hey, end the conversation there. It's like, well, thank you very much for your time. 
Because what they'll do is they'll think about the last question that was given to them. Yeah. They'll ask themselves why they couldn't answer it. And they'll either double down on the faith and try to figure out a better you know, response to it, which is right. for the benefit of really everybody, if they can actually get that far. Or they'll drop that response, and next time they have an engagement with you, they may avoid that topic, or they may, hey, here's some other things that I thought about that can mm-hmm. support this claim. And I'll be willing, or as, as atheists, we should be willing to hear anyone out when it comes to supporting their faith as well as, like, denigrating it. Because well, yeah, as atheists, we should hear anyone out on anything. I mean, at least hear them, and we should, we should be able to respond in kind, but uh, we should at least I take the time to listen. Yeah, because we have nothing to fear. Like, yeah. the ultimately, the truth is not afraid of being right. uh, seen. Mm-hmm. You st- sorry to interrupt you, but you started the conversation asking me about... Um, had anyone called me arrogant, I, and I didn't return the favor. Have you had any history of being called names? Well, only, only on the Internet. Uh, nobody's ever done it in my face. Um, <laughs> only on the Internet? Yeah, and there was a there was a evangelical preacher that came to our meetup, our atheist meetup, and came for about six weeks, I guess. Every week he was there, and he was rude and obnoxious and calling people names from the time he got there until the time he left. Um, the... You know, we were we were willing to hear him out and willing to talk to him, but it got to the point where it wasn't any use. I mean, if he's just going to be rude to your face, you know, for for the entire time of your conversation, then people would tend not to talk to you, and that's what happened to him. The people just stopped talking to him, and he finally left after about six weeks. But what do you do? Uh, that's mm-hmm. what I was talking about. We should be able to to hear people out. You know, he wasn't willing to hear people out. It was his way or the highway, and if you didn't like it, then we could, he would just shout you down or laugh you down. It was, it was pretty bad. Sure. I, I'm sorry that happened to you. I would say though, like, it's, I guess it's, it's even more unfortunate when, was he a theist, by the way? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was an evangelical preacher. Okay. Okay. Sometimes, well, like, I guess, did you, I, I, I asked that question wrong. What, do you think he genuinely believed in the holy book that he was? Was he selling a brand? which was basically himself at the time. Well, no, uh, you know, I only he can answer if he believes in it or not. But it was my impression that he did, that he came there to okay. preach and convert. You know. Ah, I see. Okay, okay. Sometimes it's a really strong personality that's more interested in uh, just building up their ranks right. than it is in, like, actually, like, supporting, like, I yeah. guess, yeah. the tenets in the Holy Book to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um you know, though, I, I would say it's really unfortunate that he had a bad attitude because one thing I would give Christians credit for, at least, is the at least superficial appearance mm-hmm. that they are very caring and that they are genuinely interested in you and they right. want to improve oh, we've like had, people. We've had many uh, evangelical preachers come, and we're happy to sit down and talk out things in a very polite okay. uh, back and forth. Uh, we recently had a lady who came from a... a an evangelical church. I can't remember that. Uh, but she was very pleasant, and I hope she comes back. We we had a lot of good things to talk about. Um, but she wasn't the only one. And uh, there was a group in, in Maryville called, it was an interfaith uh, Facebook page, uh, which I, I enjoyed going down and uh, meeting with them like once a month. And all different faiths were, were present. Uh, there were probably 12 people at, at the height of it. Uh, it was just an informal little group that met at a, a table at a bar. Barley's, if you consider that a bar or a restaurant. 
And the sure. conversations were very good and very uh, interesting conversations. I was happy to, to involve myself in that. Cool. Mm, good. I'm glad because uh, we, need, we need kind atheists and we need kind theists as well. And I think that's going to be one of the fastest bridges to getting people to resolve any conflicts that may happen in faith, just having good discourse with each other. Sure. And that requires some sort of humanity on both sides. Right. I will say this, though. I have um, two things I want to bring up that I don't know if we should break, but I can fit one in. One is I have um, a wiki that's complete and total. I don't know. I went to Conservapedia. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is basically oh, Wikipedia no. for like, conservatives. Yeah. And there's a whole section on arrogant atheism and I want to go over these points with you because you're great. Okay. You're absolutely great. And would then the like second to, thing... Would you like me to take the break first and then come back and start in on it? Sure, yeah, let's go for it. I think this is going to be amazing. Okay, sounds real good. Uh, this is a Digital Free Thought Radio Hour. We're on WOZO 103.9 LPFM here in Knoxville, Tennessee. This is a live radio show, and if you'd like to call in after the break, the number is 865 333 5937. That's 865-333-5937. We're talking about arrogant atheists and arrogance in general. And uh, now we're going to have a, a break. Uh, we'll be hearing from uh, Chubbawamba, and we don't go to God's house anymore. And we'll be back in about five minutes. Are you going to advance? Father and I have no objections to church or school-sponsored dances, but we surely don't want you going to any of those local places like that cuckoo club.
snakes laughable? Do you prefer the scientific method over supernatural beliefs? Are you concerned about religious leaders and organizations imposing their values and rules on your body, your family, and the rest of our society? Well, take comfort in the fact that you're not alone. The Rationalists of East Tennessee meets weekly for fellowship and provides a forum for people who support skeptical thinking and rational discussion of these and other issues. To find out more information or to find out about our next meeting, visit us on the web at www.rationalist.org. And we're back. This is Digital Free Thought Radio Hour. Uh, I am Daughter 5, Larry Rhodes. Uh, we're broadcasting live on WOZO Radio 103.9 LPFM here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Before the break, uh, we had mentioned, or earlier in the show, we'd mentioned that there was a TV show by atheists here in Knoxville, Tennessee that you can watch on a weekly basis. Uh, it's called Free Thought Forum. Uh, you can see it on Tuesdays between 5 and 6 on Comcast Channel 12 or Charter Channel 192. Or you can watch it streaming online at ctvnox.org. You can find film archives of these uh, uh, shows on YouTube where a fan has been posting them. Just go to YouTube and type in Free Thought Forum Knoxville. That's three words as Free Thought is one word. Now, the, the groups here in Knoxville, the atheist groups, uh, there's the Atheist Society of Knoxville, I guess would you say it's about the biggest group, at about 650 members. Uh, you can find it online and at knoxvilleatheists.org. You can join you them. 600 members? 600 and, I think it was 68 this evening. We had two people join, join today. Thank you. Uh, you can join them at their weekly meetup on 
at happy hour and for food and drinking conversation at West Hills Taps and Flats every Tuesday for happy hour, which is around 5.30, and we usually go to about 7.30 or 8. Everyone is welcome, as long as you don't preach, proselytize, provoke, or punch. Apologies to Matt Dillahunty. I would be more than happy to have you. We enjoy good conversations no matter what the source. Um, let's see, there's the Rationalists of East Tennessee. You just heard their little message uh, there after the song. Uh, they meet first and third Sunday at Goins Administration Building Cafeteria Access on the Pellissippi State Campus near Hardin Valley Road. If that's a little confusing to you, just go to rationalist.org and click on the directions for their meetings, and you should have all that you need right there in front of you. They've been around for over 20 years and have put up billboards in the area. You may remember the If You Don't Believe in God billboard, which caused such a ruckus a couple of years ago. There's also the Sunday Assembly, which started in England just a couple of years ago and has spread around the world. The Sunday Assembly is a no-God church setting for those who've had enough of religion, but still value the fellowship of church-type gathering. They meet at the International Building on the fairgrounds downtown in Knoxville the fourth Sunday of each month. They only meet once a month, so be there on the fourth Sunday if you'd like to be involved. The Freedom From Religion Foundation, you might remember those nice people from Madison, Wisconsin, uh, they are very heavily involved in protecting the church-state separation in, in America. Uh, they have recently opened a new chapter here in Knoxville. Uh, they meet the third Wednesday of every month. They meet at the Earth Fair in Turkey Creek at 7 o'clock on the third Wednesday. So if you'd like to be involved in the church-state uh, separations, uh, the wall between the church-state fight, uh, be there at 7 o'clock on the third Wednesday, Earth Fair. And if you are listening and have a community event that you would like to publicly announce on WOZO Radio, we do that. We, we take your MP3s and we put them in rotation so that every once in a while these public service announcements will be uh, broadcast to the Knoxville audience. Just create an MP3 to reflect that your event and then contact us via our website at wozoradio.com and we will arrange for it to be played in rotation. And if you're a student in the East Tennessee area, you might want to contact the Secular Student Alliance, which has programs to give camaraderie and community to any free-thinking high school or college student who would like to be involved in the free thought movement or just find secular companionship in the Bible Belt. It can make you feel rather alone, but let me speak for at least 668 members. If you don't believe in God, you are not alone. Now, alone. <clears throat> uh, let's get back to our topic, our conversation. Uh, where would you like to take us now that we're back? What The topic was, why are you so arrogant? Why are you atheists so arrogant? Uh-huh, that's right. And uh, the cool thing that happened during our last conversation, uh, just about a few minutes ago, was I stumbled over Conservapedia's uh, actually, all I did was Google Arrogant Atheists, uh-huh. and I found an entire Wikipedia, which is kind of a, a offshoot a spin-off of Wikipedia, right. where you can make it it's, any it's for, so this is, it's for people who prefer alternate truths or alternate facts. Truth. This is an alternate truth database mm-hmm. uh, regarding atheism and arrogance as a whole. And I would love to go over these examples with you. Okay. Um, this is a confer- conservapedia.com? Yes, and conservativeness.com specifically the atheism and arrogance section, and it's a pretty lengthy one at that. Uh, 
Okay. Um, what I'll go over, though, is uh, what I first uh, – just tidbits, because we probably couldn't do the whole thing in a half hour. Okay. But I like how, just off the bat, that there's a terminology of atheism in modern times, and that's referred to as new atheism. Uh-huh. And they refer to new atheism as a movement. Right. Uh, like, hey, here's this new fad that's coming on, all these kids who think they're atheists. But really, it's been defeated before, and now this is just a new wave of it. But in, what, what is your opinion on that? The new the atheism? Well, yeah, like to, people to me, say new atheism. Yeah, I mean, I didn't coin the term. Uh, you would have to ask the people who recognize it and, and or go with it. But to me, it's just atheism. But but if I had to put a label on it or a definition, I would say it's atheists who would no longer sit down and shut up, which is how <laughs> how they have been, you know, up until this time. Now, there have been a few exceptions to that. Uh, the, sure. the, the lady who uh, created the American Atheists, her name is Madeline Murray O'Hare. That's right. That's right. And she's basically the person who took the fight all the way to the Supreme Court about Christianity being taught in school and specifically uh, teachers leading students in prayer and Christian prayer, okay. of course, not not any other, but just Christian prayer. Uh, and the Supreme Court agreed with her. You know, if, if uh, teachers are going to be teaching religion in school, they should teach all religions equally. I mean, the government cannot be in the in the position of saying this religion is correct and this one is wrong or all others are wrong. Exactly. And they can't even be in the right. position of saying uh, religion is correct and non-religion is wrong. They can't take that position, and that's Supreme Court came down correctly on her side and got rid of, of uh, teacher-sponsored prayer in school. And that, that those laws still stand for the time being. On top of that, around 1950 Coin Act, when In God We Trust was put on our currency, it was also a push to officially get under God as part of the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh-huh. And I'm not normally at the kind of guy who's into, like, Chanting to flags as a child, anyway, mm-hmm. like that's not like a big. De- that's not a sign. That's not how I show patriotism in a, no, in a sense. Just no. like mindlessly saying things while you're a kid over and over and over again yeah. until you know it by second nature. Right. But um, it's as far as I'm aware, it is not an official uh, adage or appendage to the Pledge of Allegiance, saying under God. Uh, it's ultimately an optional thing that uh, people can say, but it has been done so many times that. It's assumed to be the case that it's there permanently and officially, yeah. when really it's just, I think, uh, the reactionary add-on by teachers based on uh, the American atheist movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I wouldn't be new atheism, because here's my argument. I think new atheism, all right, so new atheism assumes that there was an old and defeated atheism that went out with the times, uh-huh. and now... Here's a brand new set of arguments to tackle on the theist debates or the theist apologetics that exist today. Right. When really it's the opposite that's true. The, the same arguments for atheism have always existed, probably as far as much as long as basic logic has existed, where it's like, hey, this thing's a thing. I don't believe so. Okay, well, let me prove to you that it's this thing. Oh, okay, now I believe it. Okay. That's, that's more or less the basis of atheism. Like, can you demonstrate that what you hold true, a hold as a truth, is in fact true? And if you can't, then we don't have a reason to believe it. And everyone moves on from there. Whereas the Chris or the theist position has 
changed with time, has been somewhat barbaric mm. in old times where it's like, hey, if you don't believe us, we're just going to burn down your home village and kill you all. Like, okay, we'll believe you. So now it's more of like a believe in us or we'll socially outcast you or believe in us or we'll just throw you into an imaginary uh, torture chamber for all of eternity after you die. It's always still very gruesome, but like the tactics to uh, getting people on their side and trying to maneuver away from the arguments that atheists have had since you right. know the beginning of logic has changed, and it's the apologetics that are changing. If anything, and a new religion on the street, or how do I put it? A new church opens up on every block mm-hmm. uh, in the hometown that my mom is at, yeah. and each one of those is a brand new philosophy or a new spin or interpretation on their holy book. Whereas I can still go to them with the same questions that atheists have been always been asking to all of them. Mm-hmm. Right. And they don't have any new answers. They just fall back on the same old they ones. They don't. Yeah. They don't. And yeah. I feel like um, it's just a tactic to call it new atheism to to up or in an arrogant way. It's mm-hmm. an it's a tactic that atheists uh, yeah. are using to try to denigrate the position of atheists by right. saying, "Oh, well, I, we de- we stop the old stuff. Here's some new yeah. stuff coming in. Yeah. Let's I, go." I, I prefer the term demonizing. <laughs> they demonize. They use words <laughs> like that to demonize <laughs> and poison the well where atheism is concerned. Now, before people say sure. that uh, atheists took prayer out of school, no, there's still prayer in school. There's plenty of prayer in school. It's just student-led yeah, prayer. You know, they, they have they yeah, clog up it. the hallways with this, these prayer groups. They meet at the 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 pole out front and hold prayer groups. There is all kinds of prayer in school. It's just not government represented prayer. It's not sure. it's not teacher led or principal led or uh, some other government you, uh, employee. You'll see it at um, you'll see it at a, a sports game. I used to wrestle, for example, for my high school. Uh-huh. And when I switched to new high school, they had a, a, a preliminary prayer that they would do with the whole team. And I was a Christian back then, so I, I it didn't bother me too much. But it did it did bother me that I had to go from a you know a focused mindset from competition. To like being with all these guys that I don't really know very well, and then praying with them. Yeah. Like, I it felt like there was a thing where I was compelled to do, and if I just said no, I just want to focus on you know the match I have, I would be somewhat outcasted, and that would put me in an even worse frame of mind. So right. like I did it out of compulsion, but not out of reverence. And I could feel like someone who didn't really have the same belief being compelled to do it just to maintain uh, a status quo with their friends. Right. Right. It's it's so funny how. When Christians get together from different churches or different faiths or whatever, they're just all welcome with, you know, for each other because they all believe in God and they all believe, you know, that there's an afterlife and stuff. But when you get them apart, you know, the first thing they do is they point out the flaws of the other religion and say they're all going exactly. to hell. Sure. Oh, Not only that, but if you get them by themselves, they'll start pointing out the flaws in the other the people in their uh, <laughs> Congress. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, don't listen to Sister Simon. She, you know, she has uh, three babies nobody knows about. And then Sister Paul, or Brother Paul, you know, he likes to look at blah, blah, blah. It's like, that, everyone knows all the dirty laundry of everybody. And I mm-hmm. think uh, the, the human element is far removed from, uh, uh, or I, I should say, the human element, even in a church setting, is very much present. Yeah. And even if people choose not to recognize it. Yeah, they'll be the first to say that. Uh, that yeah, but they're, they're not... They're not perfect, but they are forgiven. 
Now, that brings mm, us back to, to, to arrogance again. One of the first things they'll say about atheists is they can't even ask Jesus for forgiveness because they don't believe in Jesus. So if, sure. if, if, how would you answer that question? You know, if, if you, don't, you can't go to Jesus uh, for forgiveness, what do you do? I go to the person I offended. That's if right. I have an offense to you, mm-hmm. I should bring it to you. Right. I should not have a third party mm-hmm. deal with it. And I shouldn't offend you then pray to Jesus and assume that totally everything's fine. Right. I still have a person that is headed. I have a Muslim mm-hmm. friend who I, I told, asked about this problem, and even she, even despite, well, uh, even she's on the same level that if I have an offense to you, uh, if I offended you, my, my duty is to resolve that offense before I go to anybody else, before I ask for forgiveness or anything like that. My duty is to you as a person. And I, I think, if anything, Christians should adopt the concept that you know, if you slight anybody, your first priority is to resolve that slight before you ask for forgiveness yeah. before the fact right. of any kind of resolution. Yeah. I made a, a, a meme because uh, I, I heard this quote on the Internet, and I made a meme about it, and it was, uh, never per- trust a person, never trust a person who can absolve himself of sin or, or <laughs> blame by, by appealing to his invisible friend. Yeah, that's a dangerous guy. It is. <laughs> I yeah. agree. And who does it more than any others? You know, preachers, priests, you know, whatever they do, they can just go in the closet and ask for sure. forgiveness and they can just go right back out and do it again. Of course, most Christians, and, and, believers can do that and, as well. And seriously, think about like the, I guess, not the, well, yeah, think about the arrogance it takes to do, like, okay, did I accidentally trick you and eat your cake and uh, spit in your face on your birthday. Okay, hold on. Let me privately go to, like, you know, let me privately close my eyes and communicate with the Lord, the master of all reality. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because he's my hey, buddy. Master of reality who loves me uh-huh. and knows everything about me. He doesn't love you, he loves me. And I'm. I've made. I've come to terms by asking for forgiveness from him. I didn't have to ask for forgiveness from you. Right. Ask from my holy, you know, spiritual advisor mm-hmm. of all things, including you. Yeah. And now everything's resolved. Like, there's no. I couldn't imagine a more repugnant ideal that most people covet as a as a testament for like both morality, ethics, and like just good social good social interactions. With regard, compared to like an atheist or a person who has no belief, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, did I send you? Okay, well, now I'm in a position where I can either say that I intended to do it and we can have the argument there, or I can come to terms and try to resolve this matter with you on a personal level. Right. Because there's no other agent that I imagine that's involved in this, aside from just me and you. Right. Sure, and feel free to write down the number and call back again. We'd love to hear you. We yeah. really would appreciate more participation. Right. We're here every Sunday, 6 o'clock. Six oh, to, yeah. Six to seven. Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. There's, there's some good stuff on this list. How about the next one? Uh, atheism and the fallacy of mockery. This is the position that atheists have a position where, oh, according to Conservapedia, the atheist position isn't so much tackling the arguments from theists, but really just mocking the arguments from theists to well, the point where it's it's an uh, reductio ad absurdum is the real proper name for their fallacy. Well, but that's really not, it's just, just it's just not true. 
I mean, there are atheists out there that will ridicule religion. And what, the way I look at it is that if you don't like your beliefs to be ridiculed, don't have such ridiculous beliefs. But, and there's a place yeah. for, ridic- there's, there's a place for ridicule in this argument. However, that is not the case. That's not generally what we do. If you want to bring an argument for your, for your belief in God or your, for the belief that the universe was created by a God or something, do. We, we actually speak to those claims. To those arguments, um, generally it's the other way around. Usually, when an atheist will will bring up some uh, good argument against the the claim that there's a God and that He loves us and He wants the best for us, uh, they generally tell us, you know, you're just going to hell. Don't worry about. It. I'm, you know, I'm not going to talk to you. You're, you're hellbound. You're firewood, as it were. And huh? then they shut well, us out. Well, sure. They've done well, it for thousands of years. Second, Sorry. I'm putting on my Christian hat for a second. I okay. gotta ask you a question. Sure. I'm a believer. I'm a big time believer. I love the Big J. You know, uh-huh. I'm really big into him. Yeah. But the whole thing is, you keep saying that atheists don't actually address. I mean, you say atheists actually address believers' arguments. Uh-huh. But how am I supposed to find them? Like, do you have examples? Cause well, for the first most part, of all, I you, do see. You like, gotta want to know enough. To go out, to go actually go online and look for them. There's an awful lot of them. I've got a website out there that is dedicated to anti-Christian apologetics. Uh, you can go to digital. Where can I find that? Digitalfreethought.com. Now, <clears throat> the main page is basically just a main page, but most of the videos and and uh, articles that I have are in my blog. So go to digitalfreethought.com. Look for the blog button on the left side and near the top. And that will take you to the blog. I've actually got the music that I play on this show on that site as well. So you can find the songs and music, um, atheist songs and music there. Matter of fact, okay. shout out to uh, Steve Martin. <laughs> Go there, look for the <laughs> atheist songs. Um, so I hear what you're saying about websites. What if I didn't like websites and I was more of an old-fashioned kind of believer, which I totally am because totally into Big J. What, do you have any books that you might be able to recommend? Well, you can always look for the books by the four horsemen of the atheist movement. Uh, that would be Richard Ow. Dawkins, a- Daniel Dennett, uh, A.C. Grayland. Well, he's not a he's not a uh, horseman. Um, let's see. You know, Matthew Hunter's coming out with a book pretty yeah. soon. Yeah, he is. And if if you are starting out, didn't you write a book as well? Yeah, I did. It's on Amazon. It's called <laughs> Atheism. What's it all about? By Larry Rhodes. Atheism is what it's all about. Uh-huh. Hey, yeah. Also, Atheism for Dummies is a pretty good one, too. Yeah, yeah. There's a Dummies collection, and mm-hmm. uh, Atheist for Dummies is actually pretty good, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I read that over a plane ride, and it was a pretty, you know, yeah. very fair representation of yeah. what it's all about. And the guy who, um, wrote, who wrote it, actually, is on the speaker's tour. Uh, you can go on YouTube and do a search for Atheist for Dummies, and, and he will talk, give a talk for about half an hour, 45 minutes, about his uh, experience t- of writing that book. That's great. Hey, so still got my Christian hat on. You said this YouTube thing. What if I wanted to just see, like, you know, a debate between, like, a really good believer and a really good atheist? Is there any <laughs> kind of thing like that? What would you recommend? Well, I recommend I- Matt, Matt Dillahunty and anybody else who wants to, uh, you know, uh, talk to or about. Uh, Aaron Ra, too, is a very good, uh, well-spoken atheist. Uh, Aaron Ra is spelled A R. A N and it's actually pronounced Arn, like Arn Ra, and his last name is R A. So it's not hard to find. Uh, but there are, I mean, you can look up Richard Dawkins. You can look up um, see, James Randi, Michael Shermer, 
Um, so I would think, if I could throw my head in, I would throw in the Bill Nye, Sam, uh-huh. uh, what's, that, what's the other guy's name? Sam, what was his name? Oh, Sam Harris. Bill Nye. Sam, no, not Sam Harris. Bill Nye debated a guy who had the oh. art museum, do you know? Oh, um, yeah, I can't remember his name. <laughs> Maybe okay. I have a mental so, block. <laughs> so Bill and I did a very prominent debate with a guy, and mm-hmm. what you might appreciate from that, uh, the Christian hat person, is not so much that you hear the atheist perspective as a whole, but rather just a rationalist perspective. Mm-hmm. Like his argument is, in fact, you need to have evidence to say what you're saying, but he's not encapsulating it with a non-religious position. He's basically saying, this is what science does. What you're doing isn't science, but this is what it would take for you to convince a person who's like scientifically minded or who values scientific uh, exploration. And in the event that you can show something that, you know, completely twists or turns or invalidates science or fields of science, we as scientific people would love to see that because it can only further our understanding of the universe, which sure. is ultimately our only want in the world. Yeah. Not so much to back a holy book, but to just have a good model that explains how things work in the universe. Right. And it's just a very eloquent uh, way of seeing a different kind of perspective in a debate setting. But I'd also recommend Delahunty. He's great. Yeah. Matt oh. Delahunty. Matt Delahunty, yep. And his name is spelled just like it sounds, with a Y at the end, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also pop up. Also, if I can just pop up one last one. There's a YouTube video called Conversation Atheist Slash Christian. Uh-huh. And what it is is two good friends. Uh, the friend invites via a Skype video conference his atheist friend to talk to his congregation. And all it is is an agreed-upon list of questions. There's no arguments. It is very much just listening to friends who have different beliefs explain their position to each other mm-hmm. and they're not interrupting and it's very very interesting how friendly and welcoming they both are to each other right. they clearly have a great deal of respect for each other and I think it's a really good standard to how, how people can actually come together and talk right. not in a debate but just in a this is what I think right. oh that's what you thought oh okay right. I never really thought about it that right. way. it doesn't so have to be like a that. heated argument um, exactly. I'm, we're running so late. I'm going to have to take that as your final word. Any any last All right. thoughts you'd want to throw out real quick, though? Even if I say something arrogant, <laughs> it still doesn't affect whether it's true or not. Right. I can be the rudest person in the world and still be right. Right. <laughs> so right. What I say is true. It's true. Right. Now, there is one other book I'd like to plug. It's uh, Atheism, The Case Against God by George H. Smith. It's a very good book. It's been out for what 30 years now and it's a very technical book if you're if you're leaning to the technical side of things you might want to look at that it will answer all your questions and that about wraps it up for this week i'm going to leave you with symphony of science and we're all connected and keep in mind that everybody is going to somebody else's hell tonight see you next week bye all connected to each other, biological, to the earth, chemical, to the rest of the universe, atomic. I think nature's imagination is so much greater than man, he's never gonna let us relax, 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 relax. We live in between.
course where things change all right but according to patterns rules or as we call them laws of nature I'm just standing on a planet really I'm just a speck I'm just a speck compared with a star the planet is just another speck to think about all of this to think about the vast emptiness of space billions and billions of stars billions and billions of specks the beauty of a living thing that's not the atoms that go into it but the way those atoms are put together the cosmos is also within us we're made of star stuff and we are away the cosmos can know itself across the sea of space the stars are other sun we've traveled this way before and there is much to be learned we're all connected to each other biologically to the earth chemically to the rest of the universe talk find the elevating and exhilarating to discover that we live in a universe which permits the evolution of molecular machines as intricate and subtle as we 